gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast that's like a book club, but not exactly like a book club. It's kind of like being 15 and hanging out with your mates, but we're not 15, but we are good mates. Come aboard the bus and join us for this episode of Jukebox in Suburbia. Hey everyone, this is Mick. My name's Leroy. And I'm Gregor. And welcome back, Greg. Oh, I have missed you guys so much. It is new suburban home base. Yeah, I've gone regional. Packed up my bat and ball and out I got. Out he got. Off the grid. Like a rat drowning in the sinking ship. No, no, still suburbia, not off the grid. We are definitely in suburbia. <laughs> I was uh, I was told off the grid. I thought that this was running off a generator and that you had like a, some kind of fort. Solar panels. Well, today is a very special day because... I'm not actually recording from my suburban home. I'm recording from my brother-in-law's suburban home who's out on holiday. I've broken into his backyard and I'm sitting by the pool using the power from the barbecue and outdoor TV to run the recording rig. (laughs) That's awesome. Like a true deviate suburbanite. (laughs) Or is it a delinquent if you're a 15-year-old? You're stealing his curated mash supply and taking it to your own shelter. (laughs) Stolen some Deb to make some powdered mashed potato mix from the stripped bear shopping grocery aisles. Oh man, I used to love Deb, hey? I don't know what was wrong with me. What's Deb? Deb's um, powdered mashed potato where you add water to make mashed potato. It's like KFC mash. Okay. I'm actually really fond of the McCain's like microwave like mash. It's like little microwave pellets and it's surprisingly good. Yeah, right. Pellets. It's it's a lot of effort to make mash and I just don't have it in me. I just like pounding it to death. Oh, yeah. The more you squish it, the better it gets. Well, no one in my family likes mushy foods, so that's completely off the list. I love schlop. I don't mind it. My partner is a big fan of potato and she thinks that um, mash is the lowest form of potato. And I uh, disagree. So on the nights that I'm cooking for myself, I get to make some mash and I get a little bit fancy with it. There's a little bit of uh, rosemary in there. Oh, It's not just microwave mash. It's microwave mash with a little bit of salt, pepper and rosemary, a little bit of oil. Oh yeah? Yeah, I go I go a bit fancy. See, that, that, is, that is classy. Sour cream and chives is a, it's a good one to try as well. Ooh, yeah, nice. It's actually what Gordon Ramsay does. Oh. Oh. Fucking raw. I, I mean, that had to be done. <laughs> Yeah. Do any of you guys ever do weird things like get your peas and carrots and smush them in there as well with with the gravy and just smush everything into a big smushable mess? Yeah. That's like, you know, real gobbledygook, horrible stuff. Or am I just weird? I'm against that. I mean, it don't, I don't do it often, but, but when it does happen, it's pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> Mum used to make topside and gr- like the gravy of the meat and mash and peas, and it would just be all of it on one forkful. Like, yeah. You could probably eat what I mushed it into into, into a spoon. I like it. I like Turning things into a stew. Excellent. I see. I'm all for a stew if it's supposed to be one. It, it, it is. It's fine. It's yeah. No, it is fine. It's totally I can, fine. I, I, I can see Gregor's face just going, you know, my, my suggestion of that abomination just going, this is disgusting. But honestly, that's not my reaction. That's from trying to feed mash to my family. Like even yesterday I was trying to feed because we've had gastro go through the house, which is a whole lot of fun with kids and trying to give stewed apples to the baby and he put the spoon in his mouth he's really excited and then he just goes like dribbles it out over that's how he tells you he doesn't like it I thought you were going to say it's coming out of his nose or something (laughs) no no he just like spits it out like real slow over his face excellent so and that's pretty much what my partner and and my other kids do when we have mashed potatoes so excellent it's kind of like cats you know I've got a cat allergy so 
I don't entertain the idea of having cats and I've got a family that doesn't like mushy food so I no longer entertain that idea either. Know your limitations. <laughs> well, this is how our season two is starting. How is your New Year starting, listener? And of course, everyone can tell that you can't actually answer that. But it is a new year. It is a new season. It is a new jukebox in suburbia. We've got some brand new gear. It's a new life for me. For me. Ah, oh, what a wonderful I'm song. feeling good. Yeah. Did you guys like the, <laughs> the Muse cover of that song? Yeah. I do. I reckon it's a really good cover. Do you know what the great thing about Muse doing a cover of that song is? Is you've got a band with incredibly talented musicians playing a well-written song as opposed to the majority of Muse's stuff with incredibly talented musicians playing shit songs. <laughs> Fair enough. Unpopular opinion, but I think that every one of their albums that I've listened to has four good songs that are all at the start. And the rest is filler. I could totally see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never sat down to listen to an album. Yeah, okay. I mean, Origin of Symmetry is maybe the exception because not all four good songs are at the front. No, they're, they're peppered throughout. Yeah. Knights of Sidonia is later on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went through a pretty big Moose phase, probably in the early Moose. 2000s. Moose. 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 Great band live. Really good band live. Yeah. I don't know. Take me a bit to get back on the train again, I think. I saw them at 2004, Big Day Out, and they're playing. What was their big hit back then? Our time is running out. Yep. Playing that just as the sun is setting, and it was, it was pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Great band live. Was there another band that had a song that was almost like that? Maybe. Uh, what am I thinking of? Not Hanson, but another one where it was like siblings that was around that time uh, kings of leon no kings of leon were a band of brothers or cousins or something they're a family band really? sure. tangents <laughs> tangents motherfucker that's what you get when you sign into jukebox in suburbia don't think we didn't warn you because we just did <laughs> we haven't gone on a tangent have we we haven't even started <laughs> If we haven't gone on a tangent, then I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah, correct. So Gregor's back, and so are the F-bombs. <laughs> Sinking ships everywhere. Bombs. I was listening to the episodes that you guys did whilst I was um, packing my life into boxes, and thank you very much for keeping the home fires burning. But there was no F-bombs, which is fine. Now it's become clear to me what I bring to the table. Wait, I, I didn't swear? I don't think so, dude. Really? I would have considered myself the sailor of the group. At least you didn't swear like a drunk grandma. Okay. <laughs> On the Halsey episode, the two of you made it extraordinarily clear that you don't understand TikTok and TikTok is not for you. No, definitely not. That can burn. So I became a member of TikTok a week ago. <laughs> Excellent. How are you going in that world of just horror? Ticking and talking and a bipping and a bopping. Do you know what? It's fucking fun, hey? There's just some really stupid, just cheap laughs to be had everywhere. Including, not a laugh, but including that uh, Gordon Ramsay mash recipe. That was off TikTok. Gordon Ramsay. And there is a jukebox in suburbia audiogram on TikTok as well. As far as saying, we will never, ever be on TikTok. We're on TikTok. Uh, well, you can control that. Everyone, Gregor is the master of the, the TikTok channel of whatever that looks like. If it's cool with you guys, I'm just going to put it on my channel because I have not enough content to actually support my own. I'm not Perfect. interesting enough without Perfect. the podcast. <laughs> Look, you guys can find me on MSN Messenger at uh, deep1cthulhu at hotmail.com. I'll be, I'll be on MySpace and Friendster. Yeah. So that was the other thing I was thinking about. Um, because you did mention Emerson Messenger and Deep on Cthulhu is actually Lee's 
MSN name. My old email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What if we did host like a live session on MSN one day? Does it actually still work? Surely. Is it actually still a thing? I don't know. We need to fact check it to sort of do this. Wouldn't we just do a Skype call? No, but like for the nostalgia of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like make everyone create new logins. <laughs> I've still got my old one. I don't think you can even make a Hotmail account anymore. I think it's all... Oh, really? Yeah, at Outlook. Yeah, right. So I should hold on to my Hotmail address from 1999 in case it appreciates. Listen, if you can, if you can get into it, then go for it. <laughs> Use it every day. Ah, uh, look, I've just done a Google search. Is Windows Live Messenger shutting down? This is a, a, from 2014. <laughs> it retired on October the 31st, probably in 2014. No, <sighs> my contacts, no! <laughs> Bringing everyone the current news and events of the world. <laughs> Speaking of news, does anybody have any news for us? A little bit of news. Have you, have you guys come across the Beatles Get Back doco? And it's not new news because we're current here. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Who's it directed by? It's directed by someone famous. It's Peter Jackson. Ah. The guy who's done Lord of the Rings. Yep. Sorry, Peter Jackson. Oh, it's a real <laughs> Beatles. Yeah. So apparently all the footage and audio is pretty much barely usable when they got hold of it. And I think... The story behind it is he did a lot of colorization of war footage and developed all this technology to be able to do it so it would actually be usable. And they used that same stuff to put this together. It's a three-part mini-series, and each episode goes for about three hours. I'm not going to give anything away, because if you love music, apparently some people, if you're not into music, just, like, it's going to be boring for you. But I just found it really captivating. You know, watching songs just kind of fall out of people that are on that album was amazing. And th that's the thing. Like, I I'm at the point now where don't show me something that's not nerdy. That's not interesting to me anymore. Oh, it's just the perfect fly on the wall. It just sit back and just watch it all come together. Yeah great that's for me so cool put it on the list of uh things to watch where did you watch it it's on disney oh okay yep. disney plus disney yeah it's one of those subscribed things unfortunately mm -hmm. but i've i've got lots of channels because i've done lots of swapping of logins with people so shh, shh hint hint wink wink nudge <laughs> yep, nudge right. just uh send us those logins in the chat miko and i'll give it a watch <laughs> i don't think i've got any more left over that i can do but yeah if, if, if anyone's got any spare logins for things do the thing where you know you create the spotify profile for one of your family members and they can give you a Disney or a Stan or a Prime or something and watch it because it's good. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a capitalistic hellscape. Yeah. We will must find whatever way we can to escape it. The other thing I came across as well was favourite band. Again, always gets a mention. Metallica did their 40th year anniversary shows and they got broadcast on Amazon Prime as well as two nights. And I think they've done some other thing where they only stayed up there for a couple of days, but really cool sets Lots of stuff that they don't normally play and a few things they've never played before as well was really cool. Really? What have they never played before? Stuff off Load and Reload. Yeah, right. Ah. Like Fixer. Yeah, okay. Epic 10-minute crazy song. That's a good song. It's a really good song. And they did like Ideas Appear off the Mission Impossible soundtrack. Oh, oh great track. Yeah. S&M stuff that they hadn't played as well. It's just really, really cool. And yeah, amazing to watch. I'm not sure whether they'll put them up again to sort of just stream freely but um if you get a chance to check them out really cool and the other thing that i've kind of rediscovered again going back to sort of 14 15 year old me did you guys ever get into Silverchair? Nah, not really. Somewhat. I, I got the Freak Show album. It was one of my first five records. Yeah, so there's a big Daniel Johns podcast that's come about in the lead up to an album that he's putting out this year. 
it was just really interesting to go back and, and check out that sort of stuff. And it made me realize that they're a band that I haven't listened to for a long time, but at the time when they were around, I was really <laughs> down that rabbit hole big time. I went to go and see them a few times. And it's interesting sort of looking at the Beatles doco and thinking about what they did and thinking about Silverchair and how old they were at the time as well. Like They were really starting to take off when they were about 14 or 15, which is insane, going you know over into the States, throughout Europe, touring everywhere. But then the sort of trajectory they went on musically, you know, their first album cemented them as this teenage grunge band. And then when they started to go, they changed their sound a lot. People were a bit thrown by it. But if you think about what they were trying to do, like he's trying to, you know, write music with an orchestra at 17, 18. It's nuts how, like, I couldn't write orchestral music for horns and strings and everything like that at 19. Yeah, I can't write regular music and I am in my 30s. Yeah. As far as what they were, you know, losing fans and stuff, it's fair enough. If the band changes and that's not what you're into anymore, that's fine. You don't have to listen to them anymore. But it's unrealistic to expect that people in their mid-teens still want to write and play the same kind of music 10 years later, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I don't think there's a there's a hard formula for that. I mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes you get a Radiohead where the initial stuff is a little bit uninspiring and a little bit by the numbers, and then they turn into something interesting. And sometimes it just goes so far in another direction that it's like, ah, maybe you guys should have changed your name. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that the first two Radiohead albums were by the books intentionally because they didn't feel like they were able to do the kind of music they wanted to do. And then off the back of Pablo Honey, they were able to actually write the music that they want to write yeah that doesn't surprise me i know there's like all these like stories about how the really heavy guitar and creep the jijin jijin was basically like a, a protest to how much he hated the song <laughs> yeah it was apparently it was johnny greenwood trying to mess up the recordings and make them sound really terrible yeah but it's kind of had the opposite effect really hasn't it yeah <laughs> i love those parts <laughs> in other news not directly musical but we'll link it back betty white has died at the age of 99 one of the golden girls great show now, the reason I bring that up is not just to honour her and her hilarity, but she was in Community for one episode or maybe a couple episodes. And at the end of each episode, there was these scenes where you had Arbid and Childish Gambino kind of having a bit of a, a riff. And in one of these episodes, Betty White's involved as well. They're speaking Spanish really badly and they're kind of rapping it. And then it breaks into the chorus from Africa and it's just fucking brilliant yeah right it's just like so smooth and so funny and yeah small little show called community that you've never seen before <laughs> i have not <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really know too much about betty white but yeah to be around for as long as that and do as much as, as she's done that's pretty pretty much better than anything i'll ever do i reckon <laughs> <laughs> no i reckon it, I, I don't reckon she's dead i reckon she's a mortal and that she's covering her tracks and i reckon mick's selling himself short because he's chilly non-con i think that's pretty high up there as far as achievements in life yeah i'll go there i'll take that all right so let's get on to our album review shall we yeah let's have a look at it yeah what are we what are we listening to this week so this one was picked by our first patron thank you for your patronage do we do we call people who join that are they patrons or are they patrons or is it i think it's a patron isn't it we call them pledgens pledgens loyal patriots of the backyard uh, suburbanites yes yeah, suburbanite suburbanite absolutely suburbanite Jeez, man. This heat's melting my brain, I think. I think the beer's melting your brain. <laughs> I'm drinking soda stream water in the heat. 50% gin. It's the bubbles. Yeah, maybe I should put some gin in it. That'll be a good excuse then. <laughs> but yeah, Abraham Camille, thank you. He's chosen. Betty sings. 
Benny sings, not Betty. Gee, someone else take over from this. He has chosen Betty White sings. No, he's chosen an artist called Benny Sings, and the album is called City Pop. Yeah. Now, I've got a little bit of information here. Just run through a little bit of background. Are you, you going to read the Wikipedia story? No, just highlights of it. Hello, <laughs> cue background music. <laughs> Greg Orfact. So he was born in 1977, which is contrary to a lot of the other artists, which we've reviewed lately. They were much younger than us. They're at least 12. He's a little bit older, so that's <laughs> nice not to feel like an old man. Goddamn whippersnappers. He's written a bunch of songs for other artists besides his nine studio albums. But the thing that he's done, which is a life ambition of mine, is he's written music for an anime called Carol and Tuesday. Now, my ambition is not to write music for Carol and Tuesday, but to write music for anime, because I think that would be sick. But he's done, like, a shitload, and it's a musical anime. Nice. It's quite cool. I think it's probably fair to say that the type of music you would write compared with Benny Sings, not Betty Sings, would be vastly different, though. Oh, it'd be for a different anime, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be like... Violent. It'd be a totally different high school. <laughs> yeah, Ninja High School. City Pop was inspired by and written in cities all over the world, including New York, LA, Tokyo, Paris, and Benny's hometown in Amsterdam. Like the 2015 studio album, City Pop celebrates collaboration with Hawthorne Cornelius Skimmer Switch, the Japanese Steely Dan, <laughs> Moki, and Febriyo among the artists. Throughout, Benny grapples with real-life love in all its forms, good and bad, romantic and realistic, epic and small-scale, familiar and brand new. Wow. Grappling, Benny. Grappling. Grappling, epic and small-scale. I was listening to this and I could not guess how you guys felt about this album. (laughs) Usually I can. I... Yeah... Yeah. I had trouble working uh, out. Just before you continue, Mick, I would like to inform you that yeah, yeah, yeah. Benny Sings is one of the favourite artists of our editor. <laughs> of our editor as well. Of our editor, yeah. That's okay. Of Pilsy. So I was having trouble trying to put it in a genre. It was smooth. Oh, smooth. Super smooth. And the other thing that I thought about as well is, have you guys ever come across the term yacht rock? No, but I feel like I could... No, go on, explain it, because I feel like I can get it. This is perfect yacht rock. Okay. I think if I was going to put this in a category, it's called yacht rock. <laughs> think if someone dressed in... Have you, con- is, have you, are you penning this category? Is this... No, 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 it's actually a thing. Okay. It's actually a thing. And it's, it's like soft rock. Think Miami Vice... Slight pastel-coloured chinos and, you know, suits with rolled-up arms and... Michael Bolton? Or is this just, like, smooth jazz? Yeah, slight Bolton, but smoother. Like, I know Michael Bolton's smooth, but this is smooth. Maybe too smooth, like ironed. <laughs> it's a bit silky. Pressed. Maybe pressed more than ironed. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's iron-free. I think it's polyester. Oh, yeah, there's, there's zero metal in this. Totally. It's going to stick to you. Do you remember the, the Simpsons episode with Crossy Doll where it's like good and evil on the back? Someone set this doll to evil. This album is disco or R&B, and it's like once every track switches back. Every time I got to a new track, I just thought in my head, oh, someone switched this album to disco. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it R&B? Or is it disco? Yeah, I kind of felt the same sort of way. Yeah, back to disco, back to R&B, back to disco. It's like a new type of R&B for like millennials on antidepressants. It's like, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, get, to the, we'll get to the tracks. And the other thing I, I came across searching around as well, and it sort of goes back to a little bit of Ches Kane, it's adult orientated rock. But is it rock? I wouldn't say it's rock at all. I'd say there's absolutely nothing to do with rock on this album. Or is it adult orientated yacht rock? I'd say it's 
adult-oriented pop, maybe. See, I think it's interesting that you guys have had such a... I'm, uh, this is why I love this podcast. Because <laughs> I listen to it and I'm like, oh, this is like 70s R&B. This is post-Motown. Yeah, it's got 70s all over it as well, for sure. Yep. But like that, to me, that's, that is what it is. It's nothing else but that. So... Like I said, every second track is a 70s Bee Gees track, yep. like a disco track. and then the But it's kind of mixed in with something else as well. It's not... It's like R&B. All Bee Gees, yeah. 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 And the vocal in it reminds me of someone, but I couldn't... Jose Gonzalez. <laughs> no, no, it's not Jose Gonzalez. It's someone else. I just... I couldn't put a name to it. I, 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 it sounded really familiar, but I, I just... I was like, who is this? Dad? Yeah, maybe it's Dad. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of reviews, Leroy, you've kind of put things together as a bit of a movie. Yeah. I've got a bit of a plot line for this one as well oh let's go have you got a, has anyone else got a plot line for this not nah, it didn't like it just it went down too smooth like it wasn't oh, i it was smooth yeah it, like and i and I, I mean that as like a like a compliment as well like it also a kind of a criticism is so a, if, if music is potatoes this one's mashed yeah 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 it's it's palatable but it's not exciting i'm making it sound <laughs> negative but i actually really like this album excellent <laughs> It's mashed without rosemary. Is that what you're saying, Miko? It's got no peas and carrots mashed in there. Yeah, it's, it's got it's got salt and pepper in it. Yeah, but no rosemary, no peas and carrots. It's got milk. Could do with a bit more butter. <laughs> Shall we get down to track by track? Or, Gregor, before we do that, Gregor, come on, like, tell us how you think. Tell us what you feel. Insult the listener. I mean... Get real personal. I, I, <laughs> I think that it is a horrible waste of time, and I think that anybody who listened to this and enjoyed it should go and... Co- no. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like it was a... I really dug, like, the Sunday morning vibes. I think I would very happily have this on and be hanging out in my dressing gown, drinking my coffee, making pancakes. Also equally good for making love with some cognac. That's that's great. <laughs> that's that's what it's for. Holding cognac, don't make love to the cognac. Thank you for clarifying. I was trying to word my question. <laughs> so I was speaking of Sunday morning, when I listened to this, I was down at Apollo Bay in a holiday sitch, and I listened to this when I went for a walk on the beach. Ooh. What did you cook on the beach? I didn't cook anything. I just went for a wander. Oh, that's not our format at all. Can you lie <laughs> but yeah that's where i was when i listened to this new year new season very confusing but don't worry guys we'll we'll find our feet i can tell you i was cooking myself when i was listening to this album because it's really fucking hot upstairs melbourne heatwave yay all right but yeah if we were going to jump into this if it was a vinyl if we jumped onto side a the first track would be and even if you listen to it on the digital format the first track would be <laughs> everything we know everything i know <laughs> and what do you know? <laughs> Gregor's gone into a giggle fit. For, for anyone who's, who's kind of listening to this, he's just thrown his head back in laughter. I'm sitting outside. It's so hot. I'm sitting in ball soup. <laughs> oh, my brain's melted all the way and it's run down my back and into my pants. It's going to be a good one today. Oh, excellent. <laughs> okay, so, th- so I knew nothing about this artist, this album, anything no, nothing. Went in completely clean. Yeah. Yeah, completely clean. We're all on the same page then. I was like, oh no. Some dude, they're playing his piano and at least it's not been like pitch corrected and auto-tuned and all that stuff. Like it's it's real. I can hear it, but oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Was that all in this one song in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about 30 seconds in. Like you said, it starts off, it sounds like a piano ballad. And you know what? To be fair, in if you were ranking piano ballads, this wouldn't be a bad one. But then... 30 seconds in, it turns into this funk jam, like, real goddamn silky smooth. And those those little, without your love, vocal harmonies, so good. Yeah. Smooth. So, so good. 
adult contemporary. One of the themes throughout this album, like there's there's a genre of music that I've never listened to before or since going to jazz school, but there is a genre of music which has like this chorus guitar and these vocal harmonies where the voices are working kind of like a horn section. Mm. And that's just all through this record. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like it's um, almost like an auto-tune kind of parallel in the background maybe, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Like you can still hear the main vocal mm-hmm. clearly, but underneath it is this choir <laughs> of vocals in certain things. Musically thick or was it just me? Like it felt like it had a lot of layers, but they weren't mm. like intrusive at all. No. Well, what I've written is it turned into a 70s thing and then it's really nice bass. Interesting rhythms. The rhythms are sick. Yeah, nice syncopated offbeat stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it builds nicely. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of instrumentation happening throughout this album. A lot of instrumentation? Not a lot of instrumentation, yeah. So so there's obviously the, the voice and all the layers of backing vocals and all that sort of stuff. But besides that, there's just like a super... I don't know who played bass, but fuck he or she is incredible. Just really, really interesting bass throughout the whole album. Yeah. Solid drums. And then there's there's just keys and a little bit of guitar and some horns like special elements for different songs but it doesn't have like 400 tracks yep. it's just really well yeah, arranged yeah. so I don't usually like keys but I, I, I love them in this album I'm like I'm thinking about we're talking about this first track and my shoulders are moving like they back to it I'm like oh yeah ah <laughs> uh, you've got sweat running down your back as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, like, I like the horns in this oh album. yeah the horns the, are great the horns are, this the, the first song had kind of like the midsection almost goes into like a dub reggae feel as well yeah i just I, it didn't offend me but didn't excite me well that's that's the worst offense isn't it feeling nothing is the biggest insult you can give to an artist like i, I just yeah it was well written but i just you just didn't get any wiggle out of it like uh, uh didn't make your body move nah, not really it was more like if i go into a plot line the lyrics in this song was kind of like he talks about personal stuff in in the bit that you read out this is lyrically, when you look at the lyrics, it looks like kind of beginning to struggle with a relationship. And the question that I sort of came up with is, tell me if we will make it if we like it or are we going to fall apart kind of thing. Whether that was a line or whether that's just what I got out of it, I can't remember now. But I, I kind of looked at this more as a feel if it was a movie plot line. And this would be, you've just woken up with a massive hangover and you're just looking around feeling a bit like, what the? Trying to make sense of the world. You know, and I feel like, oh, yeah, is it good? Is it bad? Is it in between? I don't really know. I'm not quite sure right now. Where am I? The the lyrics are funny because, uh, like I said before, this is uh, this is like a throwback R&B, like crooning, like album. But then you have these lines in there. Like, uh, I think at some point it says, can I get a free pass? I guess not. And it's like <laughs> all that like confident R&B sexiness, but with like modern day antidepressant, like... <laughs> I actually really liked it. But uh, yeah, the next track is called Familiar. The bass is right in the pocket and fat as all hell. It's such a super chilled out track. Yeah. I called it floaty funk. Yeah. Floaty funk. Floaty funk sounds like something you do on the <laughs> toilet, mate. <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound that bad. I meant that more in a good way than, than what Gregor just said. As, as in kind of just float along. Let the wind take you and blow you away. Just float along, refuse to get flushed. <laughs> There's another band called Mild Life. Have you ever come across them before? No, but great name. Really cool band. Very Pink Floyd. Kind of hints of a little bit of that. And and this had that kind of 
real strong auto-tune parallel thing happening that I was talking about before as well in the choruses, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. This uh, this one kind of stayed at like a comfortable tempo. It didn't really super catch me. It was fine. It was delightful. If it was on, I wouldn't be upset, but it was like, uh, just didn't kind of reach any kind of heights that excited me at all. One good thing so far about this album, and you can contrast this with the, what, the Wolfpack album, is that obviously there's a lot of like interesting instrumentation and this guy's obviously very talented, but no song seems to overstay its welcome. Mm. They're short, they're cute. Everything's gonna like two, three minutes long. Perfect pop songs. Pop songs. Yeah. One of the things that made me really happy when I sat down to listen to this album, you know, rightly or wrongly, was I looked at how long it was. It's like 34 minutes. Ah, oh, that's fine. That's not Ty Seagal. No. This is <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Even if I don't like it, it's going to be over soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I can listen to a longer album as long as the tracks aren't like seven minutes and they've just, they've stopped... They don't have anything to say after the first three, yeah. but they've got another four million key changes to do. Everything's all Look, if you don't like Dream Theater, that's fine. Don't listen to Dream Theater. That's, I don't. Listen, the snake is waiting any time to penetrate your mind. That's between you and the snake. Little Dream Theater lyrics for anyone who's a fan. I am not, so I don't know how I know. Six o'clock on Christmas morning. <laughs> I don't know how we got into a Dream Theater tangent, but we're getting off it. But as far as, um, as far as like the looking at this album like a like a story i'm looking at this like a sunday morning so you you get up you pop on you hit play and you go through the first track you got your piano ballad and that like slowly builds and things come together as you put on the kettle and you pop on the toaster and you open up the curtains and then you know this this second track we're still settling in you know we're we're still waking up gently and i think that's fine didn't excite you it's not supposed to it's First thing in the morning. So this is this is the the point in the plot line where you attempt to get organised. Remember, this person's severely hungover, and um, it's kind of the choice is: do I brush my hair or do I get dressed? Sometimes that's a really big decision on those days. And lyrically, it's kind of I read into it about as it is about being depressed. You know, why is it all so hard? <laughs> and that hard decision, like, do I brush my hair? Do I get dressed? Moving on to the song three, which is called Not Enough. Apparently this was the first single. <laughs> it's not enough to just brush your hair or get trapped. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. Oh, I'm imagining you walking around with nothing but a towel, but like a really manicured quiff. Benny Sings couldn't get his shit together until one day he realised that brushing his hair was not enough. <laughs> So, quick tangent. Have you guys seen photos of Benny Sings? No. Oh, yeah, he looks like he has trouble with his hair. <laughs> he looks like he has trouble with his hair. <laughs> Interesting looking guy. Is his last name Sings? So, his real name is Tim Van Berkstein. Tim Van he, Birkenstocks. Close enough. He kind of looks like a, like a BG. Ah, oh, totally like a BG. So, authentically 70s. Yeah, but if a BG was like, had to like, sign up for the wall... <laughs> The album, The Wall. Like in Game of Thrones. Ah. He's got a fight on the wall. Like, he's a bit Jon Snow Bee Gees. Yeah, fair enough. With this next song, I had here, it's 70s disco-esque. Probably the most disco song on the album, maybe. Uh, one of But it just doesn't feel like it's quite memorable for me. It's an attempt to be a butt wiggler, is what I've written. Cool, some toast I've written. I wonder what that can mean. So this song was called Not Enough. I don't know if we, if we covered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a sax solo in it, which I think it comes into the rescue. <laughs> Any song with a sax solo in it in 2020. Actually, this is 2019. I think this was released. You know, sax solo, yeah. good thing. Can't get enough sax solos. So I want to I want to dig into this. I want to dig into the sax solo because I've heard the sax referred to as sexy sax and a lot of people really quite like a sax solo. I don't like I don't like the sax. I don't like the sax either. 
I like it in this song, uh, but as a general rule, I do not like saxes. Like a sax comes in, and I'm like, oh, why? Yep. In but the, the sax's place in most songs, like even in um, in Money, Pink Floyd, it's just playing where the guitar solo should be. It's got to have its place. Yeah, give me a guitar. Just give me the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, just use a pedal. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's a different flavor. It's like a different, you know, different pedal. Instead of using the wah-wah, you use the sax. Instead of using the uh, the wah pedal, you're using the uh, the bad pedal. Don't play it. And someone needs to make a sax pedal. Then. I'm sure there is one. <laughs> just, play, just play the regular pedal. Um, yeah, I don't generally like saxes. Um, I would prefer a trumpet. If you, I mean, technically, sax is a woodwind instrument. but Yeah, because it's reeded. I think it's because, as a general rule, I need a little bit of percussion in my instruments, and sax has zero percussion. It's just melody. Even a trumpet's got a bit of percussion in it. Like, um, oh, heaps of percussion, yeah. yeah. Trumpet's very percussive. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's also more staccato. Like, sax kind of has a gentle decay compared to... Because you got to go... But anyway, what do you guys think? Does, do you guys like sax? It's smooth. No, not you. Who are you talking to? Fuck you. Can, can we think of any more sax solos in songs apart from Money? Any, any sure Electric song? Blue has a sax solo in it. By Ice House. Yeah. Yeah, they got heaps of sax solos. In Excess has a bunch. Yep. Oh, fuck In Excess. <sighs> we can't be friends, though. What's that George Michael song that everyone loves, though? Careless Whisper. Yeah, that's the one. That's not bad. It's not a sax solo, but it's a, like the sax at the start. Harry Connick Jr.? I just whispered. Nah, that's definitely trumpet. It is. It's trumpet. Yep. It's just about sax solo on every album through the 80s. I'm pretty sure it was a mandatory requirement. <laughs> Especially if it's soft rock. If anyone out there learned to play the saxophone, you made a mistake. The tr- it was the trumpet. You should have picked the trumpet. You bought the Xbox, you should have bought the PS5. <laughs> so there was a trumpet player that I, I knew called Miles. Shout out to Miles. Incredible trumpet player. And he made me want to learn to play trumpet. Not just because it's a cool instrument. One day my mate Josh was playing a, a jazz gig and I went to help him set up and hang out and all that sort of stuff. So we went, we built the drums and blah, blah, blah. And then Miles walks in, straight off the tram, cigarette in his mouth, with a trumpet in his hand. He's like, all right, guys, we're ready. One case, one microphone, done. No mic, small venue. He just stood off to the side as well. He just did, he did, yep. sax does not, sorry, trumpet does not play half the night. He just sits there, he's like, oh, it's my turn, all right, I'll play the melody. And he steps back. Remember when we played um, in Germany and we did that Rage Against Machine song and there was that guy who got up and did the guitar solo on a trumpet? Shout out to Ramon, who's playing... Uh, who ran away and joined the circus. That was rad. Right. That's not a he real played- thing. Yeah, so he's now got a blue mohawk and he plays a drum solo on a riser that spins up, lifts up in the center of the big top. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's so badass. Uh- <laughs> Ramon Vinci- the, um, Vincente. I remember him. That was his mate, though, that um, came in from Paris, I think, that night. Yeah, that's right, from the marching band. I can't remember his name, but it was awesome. That was sick. So, yeah. Speaking of the track, though, did you guys hear a little bit of ELO in there? ELO. I've, I felt like there was so much ELO all over this, yeah. but not, like, full tilt ELO. It was just kind of nestled in the background. A little sprinkle of rosemary of ELO on the uh, City Pop mash. A little, little bit of peppering. There's something you guys may have noticed at the bass sound of this and may not have noticed. It's got a Mutron effect on it. Mm. In our circle was popularized by, by Westy. Hey, Westy. But it's also used by a lot of other famous artists, you know, like Bootsy Collins and all that sort of stuff. I was just like, where do I know that? And it's just wow. like, yep. Yeah, you know it from your teenage years. <laughs> I, know, I know it from hanging out with Westy all the time. Um, but yeah, this in the timeline of things, this would be another decision. Should I make breakfast or watch TV? <laughs> your life sounds hard, man. 
Again, pretty, you know, tough decision. And lyrically, this is about having an argument with a partner and then trying to patch things up afterwards. So this is where my butt started to shake, this track. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I said. It's, a, it's an attempt to be a butt wiggler. Attempt to be a butt wiggler. Can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> butt wiggler. I definitely did a little bit of hustle in my chair. It was, it was fun. It was, I, I like it. how much the, the chair dancing just really ages us. <laughs> Yeah. It's too much to stand. I, I sat up in my chair and I danced. Look, that's a, that's about as good as you're going to get, okay? Like, I'm, I I am a, I certainly am a lazy man. Oh, dear. All right. All right, moving on. Track four is Nakameguro. Yep. Which is the first track on this album not written by Benny Sings himself. Oh, okay. This one was written by Pepin Fabreo Lennon. Pronounced perfectly. Yep. Yep. And it has a... It has a different vibe. Yeah, it's mostly instrumental. Fun fact about this track. Yep. I, I, I did a search to find out what this was, and apparently it's a Tokyo district. Yep. It's popular for its unique boutique cafes and stores in the area near the Maguru, Maguru River. That's where the cherry blossom and stuff like that happens. It's a really, really pretty area. And he spelt the name of it wrong. Dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even autocorrect fixes it. Did you go there when you were in Japan? I did, yeah. Ah, well, there you go. And the, song, the lyrics just say that over and over and over and over again. More Pete. of an instrumental track. When you were there, were you inspired to write some punchy 70s funk music? Not at all. I don't know how he got 70s disco or R&B from Japan, but clearly he did. That's cool. Maybe, maybe it's like Cole and he just got all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got a, definitely a different vibe in Japan. Please clarify, because that just sounds so sad. What sort of vibe do you get? The people that know me well know that I am deep into my cyberpunk kind of feel. I've got a theme, I've got a mood. So the entire time in Japan, or definitely in the cities, all I heard was like just driving dark beats, looking for somebody to put electronic implants in me. And obviously that's not a real thing, but that's all I heard, okay? Cool. Okay, so you you basically went there and felt like the new romancer. (laughs) That is a story that is not gonna make sense to anyone but us, okay? So we're going to move on. Alrighty. So in the plot line, this is where, you know, the last decision was should I make breakfast or watch TV? He's chosen to watch TV. But due to the repetition and the repetition nature of this song, it's like an endless news cycle on loop. Is this an art house film about, like, Great Depression? This is, this is a Sunday morning feeling dodgy after a big night. Isn't the Great Depression a thing? Yeah. No, not, not the Great Depression. A Great Depression. A Great Depression. Yeah, yeah kind, great of, depression. kind of feels like it. That's how I describe my, my, my life up until this Because we're, we're almost halfway through the album and basically they've just barely gotten out of bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all this movie is. A day. A day in the life. <laughs> See, this is the point in your bre- in your morning where you've realised that you've burnt the toast, but you're okay with it because it's Sunday and you've got cool music on. So you chuck that toast out. What the fuck is breakfast? What? Breakfast is great. Song number five. Duplicate. Breakfast is the first time you approach the feeding trough after waking. I thought that the was feeding trough. That just That's just like head down. <laughs> You do you, and I'll do me, okay? Du- duplicate. <laughs> so track five is Duplicate. This one was written by Dominic Mocky Salolle, uh, who also sings on this track. What do you, uh, why, why do we... Why get other people to write songs for an album? Like, I don't get that. Maybe you've run out of ideas and you're a bit stuck, and you're like, hey, what do you so reckon? to write an album. Cool. So, um, Paul Kelly famously would write songs for other people and go and knock on the door and be like, Hey, I've got a song that I think you'd be really good to, to sing. A lot of people do that. That's how he made his big money. I mean, yep. then why is it... Did he play in this or did 
Benny Sings play in this at all? I thought he performed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. So Benny Sings wrote like seven out of 11 tracks. This one was written by this other dude who also sings on this record. Yep. On this song, sorry. I think from what I read into this, I think this was written while traveling and probably recorded while traveling and meeting other people and getting people involved and saying, hey, I'm doing this thing. Oh, yeah, cool. I can, I've got a song like that. Might be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I reckon it was definitely written while traveling, but I don't know about recorded by traveling. It's got a pretty consistent live feel to it. Yeah. Like a really late Jackson 5 or even like a like an early Michael Jackson. Don't be afraid to duplicate. You might just save the human race as an appropriate opening track for such a sexy song. Right? Yeah. That jumped out. Like, this is the first lyric that I really took notice of. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is to me, the, the catchiest song. It's probably the best song on, on the album. I would put this as, a, yeah, as my number yeah. one. Definitely up there. Being the, the catchiest one that stood out to my me. My favourite so far is what I've written. Mm. But I've also written, I don't know about the vinyl crackle. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but throughout most of the album, this is... I also write that. Like, vinyl crackle it appears a bit on this, and I'm like, should it be there? Like, sometimes it can be cool, but it just feels kind of a bit forced. Yeah, yeah, I felt that as well. Like, it's not lo-fi enough for that to be part of the aesthetic. And I, mm. I understand that it's that he's going for this 70s vibe, and it's 70s style music, and it's 70s style production, and 70s, styles, 70s style arrangement. But it's not fucking... It's not, this is not vinyl. You don't need to... Yeah, Maybe know. you just found the, um, the isotope vinyl plug-in and just thought, hey, that's cool. Maybe it glitched and he couldn't bypass it. Who knows? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Just leave it on there. Yeah, it'll do. Let's rewrite the album. Can you make it more 70s to match the plug-in? <laughs> yeah. This was a yeah, futurist yeah. album. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, I didn't hear any crackle, but I don't have as sensitive as ears as you guys. That sounds like it would be annoying. Just let the music speak for itself. Like, don't, don't do that. Mm. I mean, as I was listening to it, it gave me the shits. But as we're talking about it, I feel like it's just part of the mood and it's yeah, definitely. probably you know, a sound design technique to get you there and that's the same with his photography. I mean, that's also part of the aesthetic. Yeah. Because all of his photos look like he's never seen a camera before and someone's like, all right, now just look over here. <laughs> what? Just look over, just look over, the, look over here just for a second. Yep. What, what are you doing? Did you steal my soul or something? <laughs> like, You're in headlights. It just looks like he like he just doesn't know what a camera is or doesn't know the camera's yeah. there. Almost scared. Which is fine, but, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, they, nobody was flipping an iPhone around going, are you happy with that? The framing's pretty good. We can go square for Insta or we can go long. We're going to take a picture of you and you won't see it for six months because that's the technology of the time. Which is funny because he wasn't born till 77. <laughs> this is music that he has. He has. Um, what's that thing called where... where the, the white people do appropriated uh, yeah he's appropriated the well 70s. I mean he's he's appropriating like BG 70s so they've already appropriated it like stolen it to be fair there's like I said the the BG's disco tracks and then the 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 very very R&B like late 70s R&B track so so this is the the last song on the first side if it was a record and it'd, it'd be the part of the day where it's it's finally time for breakfast he's getting up off the couch after watching the new cycle on loop and he's got to make a choice between eggs or wheat bix and makes a regrettable decision of it being wheat bix how do you guys do your wheat bix i like cold milk oh totally cold cold with honey honey bananas or some strawberries if i'm getting extra fancy i like the berries the banana i don't need on my wheat bix but i like a sprinkle of salt not salt salt sugar the other one <laughs> I was gonna say salt man what's wrong with you <laughs> 
Yeah, we don't have time. Excellent. <laughs> I, I'm not suburban enough for this. I haven't had breakfast in like 20 years. Unless it was an accident. Gregor has changed his locale to a Tuscan villa. For side B. How appropriate. So Mick has said that this looks like a virtual background. Yeah. It is not. Yeah, it, it does look like It looks like a Tuscan villa. Next track is Late at Night. Track six. Or track one of side B. Uh, this is my least favorite track on the album. What, what did you guys think? Oh, interesting. I had here that this is um, super poppy. It's the BG's gone wrong. <laughs> and the lyric might be about finding or losing love and having regrets. Is this before or after breakfast? This is after breakfast because he's eaten regrettable wheat bix oh, This is not during the breakfast. This is not the moment that he tastes it and realizes that it's regrettable. No, no, no. This is this is after. Bad case of regret bix. <laughs> regret bix. Regret bix. Panamax. Can you Panadol. draw a picture of that for us? <laughs> it's more like the, the guy. The guy just eating it is just like it's in his mouth, but he knows it shouldn't be there. Can you make yeah. the box for our regret bix? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll work on that tonight. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That's that's what I thought anyway. This was almost. I felt like it was almost. Compared to the rest of the album, this was more modern. This is more almost like Bruno Mars, Pharrell type stuff. Like just a feel-good pop track and a bit more like modern throwback dealio. You guys know that I really don't have a whole lot of love for like mid-tempo kind of... should It should be slow or it should be fast. It's mid-tempo stuff just kind of breezes right past me. Yeah. Yep. Fair cool. That's all good. Did you guys catch that in verse 2 there's like this... Kylie Minogue filtered synth thing going on. Yeah. Oh, there's something going on I, there. I, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought it was about to break into a cover. <laughs> if, I, if we were playing it live, we would definitely be breaking into a cover at that point. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Wait, what What era Kylie Minogue though? Like spinning around? Like Yeah, that one. I like that era of Kylie Minogue. Why not? It's a good one. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was funny about this one is if it wasn't for the bass playing such funky funk funk, if the bass had just played one and five, it would have been a polka. <laughs> yeah, right. Everything else was in place for a polka, and the bass was just funky. I'll have to go back and check it out. Have another listen to oh, I almost want to make a version of it where the bass is different and nothing else. <laughs> or just put a boom, boom, It'll be a polka, I promise you. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to the track and hear for the polka, because I can, I can hear my, my superpower is turning everything in my head into a scar track. That's not far off polka, though. <laughs> the other day I, I did it. By accident to a Leonard Cohen song. I like a bird. And my partner was going to murder me because uh, she hates Scar more than anything. That loves Leonard Cohen more than she loves me. So um, that was grounds for divorce. But luckily we got through it. We got through it. It's all right. It's all good. We're fine. Well done. Excellent. Well done. Long live Scar. Long live Scar. So, so following up the, the song that was maybe not your happiest... This goes into probably my second best song, which is track seven. Uh, Summerlude, yep. Definitely my, my second favorite track on the album. I really like the name. Yep. I, I thought it was less catchy than Duplicate. Yep. It kind of had more soul. On the dial, this is definitely a lot more on the sexy side. And this one, I thought, should have had more vinyl crackle. <laughs> <laughs> more vinyl crackle and pop? Yeah, because it, it kind of had the soul there, but just needed the crackle. Whereas some of the others got it, and this one should have. If you haven't listened to the album yet, I mean, you're not... You are not participating correctly, and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Jesus, get um, on! But this is super sexy, <sighs> super sexy vibe in this one, and there's even like a cheeky girl. <laughs> so the the lyrics are, uh, I got was like about a warm and fuzzy feeling in a relationship, and there's about two people gazing into each other's eyes, lovingly, longingly. See, it's funny that you say warm and fuzzy, because have you guys ever played the squirrel game? No, no, what? No. 
What's this trickery you speak of? No, yeah, you take any any song that has the word girl in it, and you just <laughs> replace it with squirrel. Squirrel, you'll be a woman soon. <laughs> I like it. Town squirrel. She'll be living in it. Fair enough. <laughs> squirrels, squirrels, squirrels. I heard some like there. Blade Runnery sounds in this track. Some Vangelis. It's some Vangelis, yeah. It, it, in in the script line, this would be the first part where a person leaves the house and it's walking down a New York City street. So we now have a location, trying to make sense of the day, in search of more good coffee because the one made at home was just not acceptable. <laughs> Just being in a bit of a day. Bring me your best cup of coffee. The coffee? Make it black. I think it's at this point in the album that I, I had a like a bit of a callback to, to both Wolfpack and um, Thai Seagal. So you didn't like it? Is that what your callback was? Well, it's more that I do like this and there's some similarities and why why do I like this and not them? This is obviously a very talented like songwriter, mm-hmm. which is different to a talented musician. Mm-hmm. Where they've got he's this got a this guy's got a good ear. He's got the ability to edit his tracks. He's got the ability to say enough's enough and make something nice and digestible, which is important. Yeah, especially as we get older. Like I don't know about you guys, but I find it much harder to digest as I get older. And not just music, but also music. It has to be really good to hold my attention that long. Well, I mean, there's all this talk about like millennials can't read full articles and stuff like that. But if you go back and read like full newspaper articles, most of it is garbage. Yeah. Most of it doesn't have important information in it. Like, it's just filling for the sake of filling. And I, I don't like filler. So there's a, there's a technique apparently in, um, in writing and it's called the inverted pyramid. Have you ever heard of that? No, go on. And it's like your most important stuff is, is first. So your headline, news headline, yep. is what you're going to read first. And that's the most important thing yep. to get people's attention. And then you have the next most important thing is like your opening paragraph to your article and then all your, all your important information is up first instead of your conclusion being at the end it's all up front because the further down you read the less likely you are to read it and if you get to the end well, good on you doesn't mean all headlines are, are correct most of the time they're sensationalized that's that's the theory behind it yeah i mean it just goes to show that that most content is garbage Yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, this podcast uh, being the exception. To the- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> next track is So Far So Good. And like the next couple of tracks, they all kind of just blended into the background for me. How do, you, how do you guys feel about it? I like the lyrics on this one. Wasn't paying attention to This is the one of the first albums that just couldn't pay attention to the lyrics. This is the, one of the only songs I could actually understand the lyrics. Yeah, okay. I found them really mixed down and unintelligible. Yep. I kind of feel like a similar kind of thing to you, Lee, where I got to this point and I was like... It's it's there, but it's yeah. It's, uh, it almost felt like the same song at a certain point. This one's a little bit darker. That's interesting because I really like this one. It was yeah. dark. It was sad. It was yeah. slower. It was you know the classic hit the road jack chords. Like a lot of these songs have got really interesting modular harmony chord changes that you don't expect. But uh, this one is just simply you know Seven Nation Army chords. It's just straight ahead, four yeah, chords I- over and over again. Sad. That's all it was but i i quite liked it i might not be in the right headset for this song right now i can see myself coming back listening to it again just because i think i need to give it another try yeah fair enough so yeah, i enjoyed this one more than a lot of the others yeah okay in as much that stood out the others just kind of like uh you know the mashed potato effect i really enjoyed the vibe mm-hmm. and it's yep. fun to dance around to and all that, but not not much of it really me this this grabbed me a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah so lyrically i i came out of this thinking 
So far, so good. This relationship's all right, I reckon. That's almost <laughs> verbatim what it says. So far, so good. We're going strong. Pretty much. Um, and the plot line sits down. Finally found some good coffee, but he's just mindlessly drinking it, thinking, it's okay. <laughs> but is it good? Just like I like that every movie is about nursing a hangover. About after the party, yeah. Like I said, it's it's starting to sound like an like because we're we're almost at the end of the album and he's just got his coffee. Oh no, it's a day in the life. It's a movie about a day in the life. Sounds more like the first hour, maybe maybe an hour and a half. It's been a long time since you've had a hangover, my friend. Because to get to the point where you've decided if you're going to brush your hair or put your clothes on and get out and go, that's half a day. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's that's a good half a day. That's just pure will. That's the kind of courage it takes to throw a ring into the fires of Mordor. So the next track... It's the second highest uh, streaming listens on Spotify. Dreamin'? Yeah, was this also a single? I'm not sure. I can only find info for one single, but there could have been more. I didn't find too much info about Benny Sings or City Pop. It's a Pop. super happy and nice track. Yeah, though. it was really upbeat. I had major yep. key elevator music for going all the way up to the top. Kind of the feel of it. <laughs> Take the elevator to the top. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> the crusty doll has flipped back to disco. You got this set on disco. It's light and fluffy, completely inoffensive. Sounds like an omelette without salt. Yeah. Yeah. Light and fluffy, not offensive. Um, oh, I don't really like <laughs> omelettes. You don't really like this song, so... Yeah. Case in point. So the next track's My World, and that one was written by Fabio Again, the guy who wrote track four. Are you sure it wasn't yep. written by Lionel Richie, like, leaning up against the window pane? Hello. I'm sure. A little little quote out of this one, which is lyric. This is not my words. This is um, straight off Bandcamp, which is unusual to find such a big artist on Bandcamp. But anyway, mm. lyrically, he reaches deep into both his experiences and his imagination. He celebrates naivete and probes gloominess, opens up his heart and dissects his inner struggles. He even dresses his daughter. Then just one year old, on the moving My World, we saw the lion again dancing in the rain. One of the lyrics. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So this one's about his, his little one-year-old daughter. Yeah. I, I really that's... nice song. It hit me in the feels. This Did one. it? Yeah. I heard a little bit of like a Kid Cudi kind of like depression in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of depression in this album. I think there's a lot of depression in the people listening to this album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the world's not a very nice place at the moment. But um, yeah, I just, I just found it a little bit meh. Yeah. Um, small tangent though. Has anyone actually sat down and listened to like Kid Cudi before? I have heard those words put together before, but that's as far as I've gotten. He had like a hit like ten years ago. There was that mm. Pursuit of Happiness, the Crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit. Now, I've listened to some pretty bleak shit before, <laughs> but the album that that song is from, because I sat down and listened to it. A friend of mine gave it to me. They were trying to get me into like hip hop at the time, and I really didn't like hip hop. I do now. And it was the most depressing album I've ever heard. Yeah, that that album was just like, oh my god! Like this person is talking about stuff that is absolute crushing loneliness. And I'll link it in the I'll link it in the chat, guys. It's it's good stuff. <laughs> we'll we'll put that in the show notes for anyone who's too slack to get on the Discord. Yeah, fair enough. But to be honest, we're often too slack to post show notes, so. Yeah. If you really want all this information, the Discord is the up-to-date place. And um, final track. Softly, Softly Tokyo. Which is Tokyo. So this is probably my third favourite, probably due to the spoken word parts. 
So this one's written by Satsuki Muto. Which probably does the spoken word parts. It's all... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the intro, there's like this spoken Japanese and it happens a few times throughout the song. It's kind of upbeat. And I've got here, it's the, pr- the appreciation of a relationship song. Yay. There's like a floaty dream state. Kind of had a bit of a pumped up kicks kind of vibe at the start of it. It's, um, it was really dancey. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear a cover of this with like a guy-girl vocal duo doing it like big and bold. I can hear that in my head and I, I just want to hear it sung like loud and proud as opposed to like a little bit muted and stuff like that. But on its own, I think this was like my third favorite track on the album. The thing that I slapped me in the face with this one was right at the very end, like two seconds before the end of the album. Mm-hmm. There's this super cool jazzy guitar run. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's that? And then that was the end of the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Half a bar or something. Yeah, yeah, it was just like the end of it. It was like, doo 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 Huh? Huh? Why'd you have a sax solo when you've got a guitarist who can play solos? <laughs> because it's a sax. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's, it's that, that yacht rock. Yacht rock. Yacht rock. It's all about smooth. Yacht rock. It, there's nothing rock on here. Well, yacht, yacht adulting. Uh, Adult no, contemporary to, to be yacht. rock, you have to have a distorted guitar, right? I, well, that's how I define rock. They used to call it adult contemporary. Yep. I really think this is just like straight out of 70s R&B. Like those disco vibes and all, that's all part of 70s R&B. Yeah. Yep. I don't think this is genre defining or anything. This, this fits right on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's got a spot. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush ahead to my review what I think we should call this. Yeah, before we do that, can I do my plot line? Yeah, go for it. This is where he jumps in a car in an attempt to get further afield, trying to drive somewhere, but it's really bad. Like, shouldn't be driving a car. Should have stayed at home on the couch (laughs) with more coffee and a cat. (laughs) The end. That's it. It's just set over a day. Nothing too exciting happens, but it doesn't offend you. There you go. The end. (laughs) Well, there it is. The greatest insult of that you can make to any artist. It did not offend me one way or another. It didn't excite me, but it didn't offend me. It's just... Yeah. The, the biggest slap in the face you could possibly give. And that's fine. Or is it? That's fine. <laughs> We're not here to make friends. We're here to make laughs. Yeah. Album reviews? I, don't, I still don't think we're an album review podcast. I still think we're not funny enough to be comedy. No. We're, dis- we're discovering things. That's what I, I, I class it as a music discovery service. We're doing our thing, and it's up to the listeners to tell us what we are. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah. I'd really like to know what we are. <laughs> your friends Excellent. in the... In Guys, the f- where is this going? Your f- what are we to you? We need to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, how would you classify this relationship and it's definitely healthy and we need you to tell itunes that you love us yeah um free for you and it will make us a mint hey listen i don't know who you are but i love you just um not in a creepy way though (laughs) or is it (laughs) hey hey we don't kink shame on here all right so this this album going back to the yacht rock the uh, smooth jazz so this album being made in 2019 i think this is a perfect upper middle class dinner album definitely yep. you put it on and, and your friends say oh like uh, what's this it's like oh it's just something I picked up while I was in Tokyo this this artist you know he's he made this album it's very interesting you know oh it's very cool yeah it's cool Bernie sings yeah it's just yeah it's no, it's just something I picked up uh, I actually I'm making it sound more negative than, than I mean to I actually really like this album I would do my regular edit 
cut out a couple of the uh, boring tracks, uh, but definitely Softly Tokyo, Summerlude, and the first track, Everything I Know, definitely going up there. No clear favorite, though. Yeah, okay. My clear favorite would only be My World because there are, since being, this is going to sound really cliche, but since being a dad, there's a few songs that just really, like, hit me like a sledgehammer about being being a parent. And it's so weird and unexpected and not at all where I thought my life was going to take me. <laughs> that one meant something to me. Yep. It's, it's called adulting. Yeah, it's weird. Yep. It's totally weird. So it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah, so I'd probably give this, you know, if I'm, if I'm going suburbia, I reckon I'm going to give it forks because it's a dinner table album, <laughs> dinner music album. So I'm going to give it two forks out of five. <laughs> All right. Well, keeping in with, I was going to give it three potatoes to mash, but I'll give it uh, three spoons. <laughs> three to, spoons of mash? To consume the mashed potatoes. Three I'll, scoops. I'll give, it, I'll give it four courses out of five. <laughs> well, very good. That was fun. It's funness. <laughs> that was good. Oh, we get to do an album pick now, don't we? We yeah, do. So, you so, so you're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, yeah show let's pick an album. some stuff. So I had, apparently. I had fun coming up with uh, this list. It's not a very extensive list, and there might be some that you guys have heard before. In which case, that will tell us if it's going on there. So, <clears throat> what do we got? Here we go. And extra points if anyone can guess what the theme is to these album picks. Yachts. All right, so the first one is... What? Yachts. Cars. Nautical. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I watched that recently with John Candy. Like a good suburbanite, I went on a holiday, stayed in a, in a place. I had a, an actual DVD player, which you don't see too often anymore. <laughs> and they had a stack of DVDs. Yep. And they had a CD wallet with pirated cds that they got from you know other well, people maybe, stayed there maybe maybe they went to bali remember those people in the early 2000s that you'd go on holidays and they'd be like we've got everything you want a dollar yeah and it was always crap bootlegs but that there was a wallet of those there it was great and planes trains and automobiles was there i um i went on my little mini honeymoon with my partner Yep. And uh, we leave nothing to chance for when it comes to entertainment when we go out. Congratulations, too, by the way. Thank you very much. That. Uh, Leroy got married, finally. Yeah. After, after having to try and reschedule a few I times. Told, um, I told my new employer, look, I'm going to have to take like a Friday off because I'm, I'm getting married fourth time's a charm. <laughs> they came to my office. They came to my office and they're like, look, we just, we don't know you that well. And we just need to check, like, not four times because you've been divorced three, right? No, because of COVID. Like it's, it, I'm. It's 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 been cancelled three times. It's been cancelled three times. And like, oh, good, because you're like in your mid thirties, and that would be weird. And like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. I probably should have phrased that a bit better. When we when we go away, we kind of don't take any risks with our entertainment, and um, I bring all the gear that I need to to, to be able to stream movies and stuff. <laughs> and and I know this is not what you're doing, but I'm imagining like a like a high school movie AV cart sort of scenario not far off well you know what did I say, did did you say not far off yeah <laughs> well well, on um, on this other trip that I went to Apollo Bay where I was away last week I took the Apple TV little compact box mm-hmm. Wi-Fi bam yep and yeah it was great I don't know why I've never done it it was a, it was a big revelation yep nice yeah 
Yeah, I was reading up, uh, there was a, on Reddit, somebody was asking, I'm going on tour for the first time, what should I take with me? And one of the suggestions was a Chromecast. Just yep. plug it into mm. the back of the TV in every hotel. The downside to a Chromecast is that you actually need a wi- wireless signal and like a hotspot won't work. Yeah, no, it won't. Yeah, right. It's irritating. That's why the last time we went out, I took a router with me, even if it wasn't going to be connected to the internet, it just needs to broadcast the wireless signal. <laughs> uh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah, like the last place we went to didn't have an internet connection. So we couldn't watch anything on the Chromecast. So I had to. There's some ways you can get around it, but yeah, it took a little bit of doing. Yeah, no, I I, I battled with the Chromecast before. Um, we just take a laptop Excellent. now if we need to. Yep. Alrighty, hit us up, picks. I've got four albums in the album picker. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, four. Yep. Leroy, have you got another one you can throw in there? To I make do have a four-sided six? die. No do problem. Do you guys have you listened to any of these? Let's do the four-sided die thing. Four on the floor, Juliet, Juliet and the, the Licks. licks. I can't say I've heard the full album, but I, I have definitely heard, like, maybe one or two songs. Okay. I liked it. Red, Gold, Green. Uh, no. Nope. The the Knife Shift by Christine Young. Nope. No. And Killing Joke by Killing Joke. No. Not this album. Uh, Killing Joke, I've... Yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah. Okay. This is not the album that I adore. Okay. Yeah. But you haven't listened to it? Uh, no. I'm looking at the track now, no. Oh, it's, a, it's a remaster of 1980s one. Yeah, cool. Cool. No, and I haven't heard it. No. All right. Do we know what the theme is for the for the albums? I'm really like I was pretty proud of. Um, I think you're just gonna have to tell us because I'm not getting anything. Yeah. Uh, no. Killing joke. So the theme here is there is there's one musician who's playing on all four of these. Ah, features on. okay. Yeah. Who? Flea. Yeah. Who? Who is Lyra? It's not Dave Grohl, is it? Yeah. Oh, there uh, you go. Really. He plays on every what? song on every album. Wait, so Actually, he's on the 1980s of- Killing Joke out track? Apparently. Yeah, no, right. I don't think he is. That's what it said. Killing Joke by Killing Joke. Yeah, right. Hang on. No, no, hang on. Hang on. That's hang that's on. a different Killing Joke album. Sorry, mate. I got the wrong one? Yeah. That's the album that I know is a 2003 Killing Joke album called Killing Joke. Yeah. That's a, This is a different album. Oh, well, there's two albums called Killing Joke? Yeah, there are two albums called Killing Joke. Okay, and you know, you've heard the other one? Yeah, and I've heard the other one. Okay, well then, three-sided die. Here we go. No, nah, four-sided. Let's, let's keep this one in the running, but we just... No, Leroy's this is the one that we, breaks we the rule. No, no, it. hang on, hang on. The one you've picked, I have not listened to it, but Dave Grohl is not on this album. Yes, apparently right. there's two Killing Joke killing joke albums. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. This is not it the is. Dave Grohl one. Yeah. Which Leroy has listened to. Which I haven't listened to. One. So keep this one in there. Keep this one in here. We'll right. It just choose doesn't it. have speaking, Dave Grohl in Speaking of Dave Grohl, though, have you seen there's like a... A horror movie that he's doing, like a Foo Fighters horror movie. <laughs> no, it's like a big. It's like there's a there's a trailer going around for it. It looks hilarious. First time I saw it, I heard of it. I thought this is going to be terrible, but um, it actually looks like it's going to be really funny. <laughs> have you seen the Twelve Foot Ninja video clips where they have like a slasher? Oh, some of them are brutal. Yeah, like really gnarly. Yeah, they're sick. Like you wouldn't want your kids to watch them. No, they're they're really messed up. They're, they're so fucking cool and creative. Yeah. I like them anyway. Awesome. Alrighty, should we do... Alright, roll those dice! Drum roll, please! We're going a little bit uh, analog this time. I'm rolling an actual four-sided die. And we've got pick number four. Ah, Killing Joke by Killing Joke, which isn't actually Killing Joke by Killing Joke. <laughs> it's a Killing Joke by Killing Joke instead. Great. Excellent. Cool. Um, do you guys know Killing Joke at all? I think I heard one song. Old school, like, hardcore punk band from the 80s. Yeah. To my best knowledge. I haven't really... I can't say I've, I've 
listen to a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, so I'm this be good. looking forward to hearing this stuff. This is, uh, I think, the more classic stuff. I know the 2003 Killing Joke album, which is brilliant. But yeah, let's uh, let's try this out. So the way this came about, just real quick, is I was listening to the Halsey episode and you guys were on and on and on about Dave Grohl. I'm like, fuck it. If he's been on so many records, which you guys were claiming that he had, I'm going to look that up. And he has been on a lot of records. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, why don't we just do a whole pick of Dave Grohl records? But it turns out the amount of records that he's played start to finish is actually not so many. It's only four or five, mm-hmm. uh, except for the ones where he's in the band. There's lots of kind of one-offs. Does lots of one song of this or a bit of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here, Dave, want to play on this? We'll give you a million dollars. Sure. <laughs> We'd totally do that. Why wouldn't you? I reckon that sort of thing works in the sort of way that um, Dave probably gets the royalties for the song and then his name being on the record means the record sells more and then through that selling more, he makes his money. That. That's, what, that's how I would assume that would work. But yeah, anyway. potentially. Track five on this yeah. album is The Weight. Uh, you guys will probably know from Garage Inc. Garage Days. Garage Days, yeah, sorry, yeah. Oh, cool. Alrighty. Uh, so this is season two of Jukebox in Suburbia. Thank you for being patient, everyone. This is episode one of season two. Not the whole season wrap up. There will be more. This is, this is the entire season two. We'll see you next year. Um, and hopefully we'll get better at this. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> good, to, good to have you back. Um, catch you next episode. Thanks for coming, everyone. And uh, don't forget to jump on the socials and like and share and do all that shit. Um, it's super helpful to us if you like what we do, just to share it with other people. Yeah. That's, we're not doing any marketing or advertising. The, the, our entire viewership, our in, entire... Jesus, there's going to be a fucking thunderstorm. <laughs> um, not the heat, it's the humidity. Oh, it's all of it, mate. It's all of it. We have evaporative cooling, and the humidity means the air conditioner stops working. Anyway. It's not heavy, it's just awkward. Thick, <laughs> some may say. Yeah, so our entire listenership is completely dependent on word of mouth. So if you like what we do, then just, just share it. Share it around like a turpiece. Share it around. Tell a friend. Find an enemy. Become friends. Tell them. All that sort of thing. And hey, listen, if you if you got your own podcast and you want to come on and do an album review, well happy to well we've got more plugs here than a Bunnings. Pretty much. For those Everything. international li- uh, listeners, that's Bunnings with N, not an M, and uh, that is a hardware store. You can buy a hammer in there. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other place that had plugs. <laughs> I'm sure Bunnings has plugs. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. Alrighty. Good let's, night, let's, everyone. Let's get, yeah. <laughs> stay, stay, turn, turn your mozzie zappers on. Have a good time all the time. Find us at the stuff. Leave us a review, whatever. Give a wave to your Arlo. We love everyone. And we've also got Patreon. If you you like what we do and you want to become a super fan and support us financially, then uh, that's how we can be your trophy. Trophy. Anyway, let's get out of here. Trophy. All right. Good night. Good night, guys. Ciao. See you, people.